Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks with me, my friend Stephanie. We gave her a vacation last week. I told you guys that it wasn't really a vacation for her. She's been working no. around the house, catching frogs with kids, getting a floor replaced, those kinds of things. But how's Doctor everything? Doctor appointments. Doctor's appointments. <laughs> so keep Stephanie in your prayer with all these things. And uh, she's doing well, but uh, keep her in your prayers. And it's glad to have you back, Stephanie. We missed you last week. So we did last week with Pastor Miller. I know how much you love uh, Pastor Miller yes. as well. And yes. Yeah, he was pretty great. We enjoyed that time together. And uh, but we sure did miss you. We kept on saying, boy, we wish Stephanie was here. So here you Aww. are. Yeah. And we kept, we said things. So like, if you listen, because we're actually recording this folks, just to let you behind the curtain a little bit, we're recording this one, uh, one recording day prior to pastor Miller in our week being released on Monday morning. So, uh, this is a week out. So Stephanie, you have to go out and listen to it. You know, how nicely we speak I about will. you out I'll, there. I'll have to listen to pastor Miller. I hate listening to these, um, yeah. I, I don't like hearing my voice. I think my voice stinks. So I, I will listen to the ones that have Pastor Miller. Nobody though. likes their voice. So. You know, nobody does. I don't know what the deal is with that. Well, anyway, folks, you know, we changed <laughs> up the way we start these bad boys off, the way we go into this broadcast. And uh, we've made a couple changes. And one of the things we've changed is we start everything with a characteristic or a specific uh, thing about PTSD. I know we got a little bit of movement going on in the background there with Stephanie. Stephanie's settling in a little bit. It's been a few weeks since we've got together and recorded. Uh, yeah, and, I, and my ADHD is in mode. You know, it's it's kind of like yeah. trying to wind down and sit still stretches me. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm I'm stretched by that as well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I didn't sleep much last night, so I'm probably a little more mellow Neither than I did usually. I. Am. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah. Somebody I, called. Somebody needed to talk at midnight, so that went till one thirty. So yeah. by the time that's over, but I, you know, it's God's chance to shine. Then I guess. <laughs> oh, I guess it is because you know I went to bed. I don't know twelve thirty one o'clock and slept for ten minutes, and then oh, I think Debbie God. was having a nightmare or something, and oh, uh, that's the last that's time terrible. I remember sleeping. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what? Tonight will be a night of sleep. So anyway, folks, we promise we'll talk, uh, talk about a few things. One thing I want to say to you is we've made it totally available to have a zoom meeting with me. I'm going to tell you a lot about the retreat. We're doing some really great things that are happening. We're uh, actually at that phase where we're going to be doing a land contract. We need to talk to you about it. We want you guys to volunteer. We want you guys to be part of it. Maybe be part of some of the finances behind it and how God can bless you with that. So contact me. 
Doug Carragher on my Facebook page, and I'll set up a Zoom meeting with you, and you'll learn a whole lot and uh, be one of those key people as we go into this. So you want to make sure you do that. Now, Stephanie, we went into these characteristics of PTSD, and and today I, I, I just wanted to bring up guilt. Boy, guilt is a tough thing. I, I don't think I've ever met anybody with PTSD that did not suffer from guilt. And we know, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we know that it's, it's this sense of regret, right? You're regretting something. You say, man, I could do it better. So for instance, uh, I think Stephanie, people we see a lot of is people who would say, you know, I should have been the one, uh, that died. You've done that. You've said that yeah. to the people we're talking to right now. Uh, yeah. uh, I was the same way when Willie died in my arms. And, and and then you run into those people who were hurt and abused as children and have some kind of guilt that they it was their fault or they could have stopped it or whatever the case may be. I want you to know that the devil uses guilt. Uh, and it, it's not true. You know, it's not true. You know, the the God of this world, the devil, would have us believe that we're in control of so many things, and we're not. We're not God. Yeah. Here's the great news. The great news is the Bible tells us in Psalm 103 that, that, that God takes these things as far as the east is from the west. He removes these. Even if it was a transgression for us, a lot of times it's not. But if it is, he takes it away. It's gone. And uh, yeah. you, you don't have to worry it anymore. Psalm 51 says, For I acknowledge my transgression, my sin is ever before me against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Thou mightest be justified. And and, and, and talks about being clear. And the, the Pharisees brought it up with Christ. We could go on and on. But can I tell you something, friends? You give that to God. Don't get caught in this guilt mm-hmm. cycle. You can spend an entire lifetime doing nothing for God with this guilt thing, Stephanie. I, we've seen yeah. it, haven't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. It, it, if Satan can use nothing else against you, um, you know, if apathy doesn't work on you, if even anger doesn't work on you, you know, all of these things that he uses as fiery darts against us, if he can't work any of those, he will use the guilt thing um, because that becomes a very, it's internal. Yeah. You know, that's something where we're not talking about it. Maybe won't show as much on the outside other than maybe we'll have a fallen countenance or be a, have a bent over, um, you know, our, our whole, the way our posture, it might affect your posture where you literally have a sense of you look like you're in defeat. Um, but you can function with guilt, you know? And so it's, it's a very deceptive tool of Satan and, and, and it's a false reality, but it is very much a reality. There you go. And, um, I, I remember even dealing abusers will use guilt. It's one of their main tools, Yeah. the condemnation guilt. And I remember, um, and I have friends who went through abuse as well. And we've talked about this where, where the abusers, the spiritual quote unquote, they're not spiritual at all, but yeah. they look spiritual. And so they spiritualize all of the condemnation as to why you are so evil. You are so ungodly. You are such, they make you the manipulator. They make you the one who's stirring up problems. They make you who they really are. They mirror who they are. And I remember there being times where I was begging for forgiveness for things I hadn't done. And I knew I hadn't done them, but that sense of guilt, when things are hammered into you for so long, that sense of guilt becomes your reality. It does. And so this is, yeah, this is a very dangerous, that condemnation from Satan, whether it's coming directly from Satan or coming directly from Satan through a human instrument, this is a very serious thing to come to terms with and forsake. 
So, you know, exactly what Stephanie's saying, there's two kinds of guilt. And that condemnation from Satan is always going backwards. It's always bringing you in yep. the muck and the mire and the bad times. And But when yep. God gives us, you know, when we get that godly conviction, really not guilt, conviction, it makes us a better human being. It makes us a better yeah. spouse. It makes us a better uh, mom or dad or, and, and so on and so forth. You could go through that. That's conviction. That's not the guilt that has you sitting around saying, look what I did on, you know, September 1st, 2010 or something. We need to stop that. That's, that's exactly yeah. what what the devil wants from us and uh, yep. is to be caught up in this guilt. So now, so I'm glad you covered that, Stephanie. I think you did a good job. It's back to be back online with you. It's good to be back there. And uh, we're on Proverbs 17:21. So we were able to move through, I think, 10 or 12 verses last week with uh, uh, Pastor Miller. And uh, But in Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 21, it says, He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow, and the father of a fool hath no joy. So again, you know, whenever we talk about a fool, there's a lot of different words we that come to mind. You know, the, this guy's a fool, he's a scoffer, he's a slacker, he's this, he's that. And, uh, uh, you know, it goes on to talk about, you know, the parent of a foolish person like that. Uh, those people who, you know, there's no joy. I mean, it's to their sorrow. It's, you know, so if you're somebody and you have a child and the child turns out to be a real knucklehead, Stephanie, to hurt other people and, uh, you know, to to spread his folly, it's terrible for the parents. It's terrible for, really, it's terrible for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, no, that kind of person wreaks havoc in a family, in a church and whatever. And, um, when a godly father and mother, and by godly, I don't mean that they're perfect. By godly, I mean that they're actively seeking the Lord and trying to follow him. Yeah. And that shows in everything that they're doing. Um, and then they, you know, you have this, this kind of parent that, that their heart's desire is to have a godly family, a godly child. And then that child, this this verse calls them out. They become a fool. They become a scorner. Right. Where it was almost where they become self-destructive, and in that process, they destroy others. That that reaches the point of being so heartbreaking. I can't I honestly I can't imagine being in those shoes, but I know parents who are in those shoes, and it's killing them. It yeah. literally is killing them to watch it happen. It does. So, it, it just, and I've seen it. I've counseled these people and, and we can't be this guy, you know, constantly we're going yeah. through the difference between being a fool uh, or being wise. So we're talking about folly or wisdom. We're talking about what, you know, being a fool cost folks, there's a price to it. Yeah. And, and the price is not a good price. It brings down other people. It brings down ministries. It brings down families. It brings down relationships. It, there's a cost and the cost is terrible. And, and, and that's why we got to be uh, so tuned in. We got to fill ourselves with God's word. And that's why we're listening to this podcast this morning and taking notes and Bible chronicling or tonight or, or whatever the case may be. And I keep forgetting we're probably on the radio, listen to as much on the radio now as we are in a podcast, but that's why we're listening to this broadcast is because of this, because we have an opportunity to see that, Hey, we're messing up and uh, it comes with a price and that price can, boy, it can take you to a place where you don't want to be. It can bring down other we forget sometimes that our actions affect the ministry, our actions, you know, affect our spouses, our actions affect those people we work with. And, and, and I don't want to overplay this. I just want to let you know that everything we do uh, has a price. 
And uh, whether yeah. we whether we're all in a hundred percent or whether we're all out, whatever the case, everything we do has a price. So with that, folks, listen. Let's just take a second right here and let our sponsors say something. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Great to be back with you. I I love Stephanie that we're looking at the differences in what we do, and I think that next verse and uh, as we look at verse number twenty two, it's a, it's a very familiar verse, but again talking about what a merry heart can do, and it says a merry mm. heart doeth good, like a medicine. You know, medicine makes us better. It makes us feel better. It makes us do better. It gets rid of the disease, the infection, the the bad times, the headaches, those things. But a broken spirit drieth up bones. Man, Stephanie, I'm telling you. There's two yeah. sides to this story, just like everything else. Side number one, boy, it's a, it's a merry heart. It's being right with God. It's up in the morning studying your Bible. It's loving people. It's caring people. It's thinking about what other people think and or care about and helping them and what they're going through. But then side two, the other side of this Hebrew parallelism uh, comes to this point. But a broken spirit, man, it does the opposite to you. But it can affect your health, Stephanie. It can take you good health and make it bad. Yeah, and it does. Um, That a broken spirit, you know, what we are, our verse, theme verse for wounded spirits, a broken, uh, wounded spirit who can bear. Same idea is true here. A broken spirit has very serious effects on every single part of you. And understanding that, that that is why it is, essential it is um it's not i don't want to just put it in terms of psychologically um important although that is very true but a merry heart a heart you know it's okay to laugh yeah and i remember um that when we first started counts when you first came yeah and that would have been wow over three years ago now yeah march of 19 yeah yeah when you came up here the first time and I was very skeptical. And looking back, I, I don't have a doubt in my mind it was because of all the abuse. And at that point, I didn't view myself as having been through anything. You know, Charles' death was, was my only trauma in my mind at that point. Yeah. Um, but looking back, I, the reason I was terrified of you coming, the reason I would like, I had a wall up against you was because of all the abuse that had happened prior to his death. All that to say, I was so skeptical. I was terrified and I was skeptical and I didn't trust you at all. And I was literally just waiting for you to burn us. And um, I remember you sitting at our kitchen table and the Hicks were here too. And we're sitting around and I was watching my kids crack up. I mean, you had them laughing. You had everybody laughing. And I remember laughing myself and it occurred to me, this is the first time we've laughed since Charles died. That was the first time I had laughed. There was no, you know, and I'm not saying the kids didn't, I I was trying to keep life fun for them, but we were, we were in a fog. We were, it was like we were in the middle of so much dense fog. You couldn't hardly see. There was no merriment. And I'll never forget the way that that fog began to lift that week. And a massive part of that was because we started laughing again and to understand that it's okay to laugh. It's okay to be, be happy. happy. Yeah. It's huge. And God says that right here. That's a biblical concept. Weeping endures for the night 
but joy comes in the morning. Yeah, and it's this perpetual, and that that's great. It's exactly what this verse is saying. And then, it, you know, we do get a broken spirit that's good, that convicts us, and we get right. We don't mm-hmm. live in that zone. This is talking about that person that who lives in Depression. that broken spirit, depressed yeah. zone. Man, it'll dry up your bones. And then look at yeah. look at 23, Stephanie. It says, a wicked man taketh a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. So listen to that verse again. It'll mess you up. A wicked man taketh a gift of the bosom, out of the bosom, to pervert the ways of judgment. It's, uh, you know, it's wrong to receive a bribe. It's wrong to do those mm. uh, illegal things. It's, it's corruption. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and you're perverting the ways of justice, basically. You're, you're, you're trying to change an outcome. You're doing those things. And um, nobody, if, if that starts happening, if bribes start happening, if people start bribing people, if people start talking people into doing things, and there's no justice in the system and you lose the people. And, and you yeah. lose the reality of what's going on here, Stephanie. And, and I mean, you can change a complete court system. I, I read not too long ago that a man uh, was in, in really bad trouble in Tennessee. And uh, his, his wife actually uh, tried to, and it didn't happen, have some type of relationship with the judge to some way assuage uh, her husband's sentence. They had set up some way where they were going to, you know, do ungodly things together or something like that. And he ended up arresting mm. the wife as well. But when things of money or bodies or whatever, when things go out there, it changes the entire system and it's against God's plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. And that's, that's, we live in a world where we're watching this happen left and right. And I, and I think it's interesting said that it says he take up a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. And that word pervert is such a key word here of taking something that should be good and twisting it, morphing it, turning it into a monstrous, to an evil gross, monstrous. Yes. Yeah. And, and that, and we watch, I mean, I'm picturing a specific person in my mind right now that is an expert at doing this. And when somebody does this, mark them. They are a wicked man. Mark them and steer clear of them because they will play with your mind. Yeah, and boy, they'll, uh, you, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I think the number one problem that I have when I counsel people is to try to, you know, show them what a godly mind looks like, what God's plan is for us. Because people have been so swayed by the wicked and the evil and the hurt and the terrible, that sometimes you have to go back to the foundational build, you know, and say, you know, what am I built on? What is, what is my faith built on? Where, you know, where am I going with this? What is, and, and I think that there's a good lesson here. We, when we pervert the ways of justice, not only are we messing with the justice in that one particular time, we're messing with society. We're messing with families. We're messing with individuals. We're messing with, uh, you know, generations. This becomes a generational thing, Stephanie. And, uh, I mean, you were stuck in the middle of this weird juju with people, uh, with this whole narcissistic, crazy thing going on. And I mean, you know, the gas, doesn't it begin with just little bits and pieces of gaslighting and making you feel inferior? I mean, isn't that where it starts? Well, it starts, it starts with love bombing. Um, because what I, what I've come to understand is that a wicked person, a fool 
if they want if they want to win you over to make you a subservient and that yeah. sounds so twisted but again we're coming back here to the ways these things the, that they pervert things um but they build you up they build you up and in building you up they build your loyalty to them and that's how any in a good relationship that's a good thing we're supposed to edify each other we're supposed to build each other up we're supposed to be encouraging one another yeah so so a wicked man a narcissist, a fool, use whatever term you want to use for them. It's all the same person. They will use what God needs to be a gift, edification, building, building up, and they turn it into flattery. Yep. But it doesn't look like flattery, but that's what it is. That's the root heart of it. And in that, they, they, they make themselves a friend to you, but it's the kind of friend who will stab you in the back. It's a, it's a Judas friendship. And then as soon as as soon as you dare to have an opinion that is contrary to theirs, as soon as you, as soon as you say no to them and even some little thing that maybe is just a difference of opinion. Oh, suddenly, wow. Then the gaslighting starts, then all of that starts. And and so it's just like all these different tactics that are used, but in every instance, again, we're talking about Things are perverted, and and that is a very strong word, and God uses that word on purpose here because that is what it is. It is perverted, and I'm sorry, when you are living this kind of life, you have perversion, okay? You are perverted, and it's ironic to me that very many of the people that I know that follow this lifestyle in love bombing, gaslighting, that routine are also perverted in way deeper realms of life. Because once your heart and your mind and your thought patterns have gone down a perverted pathway in one realm, you have opened the door to Satan to pervert the rest of you. There it is. And, and, and I think, you know what I think, Stephanie, I think time and time again, we miss the, the signs. And that's why I'm yeah. so glad we're doing this as a podcast. And then when we finish Proverbs, we're, we're going to probably spend a year in narcissism and abuse and those types of things. There's so many people that need to hear this on a daily basis. Hey, you're okay. And you know, this sneaks up on you, this love bombing that Stephanie's talking about. They make you feel great. They build you up. They make you feel wonderful about yourself. And then all of a sudden, oh, and by the way, you know, uh, uh, your family's messed up a little bit and your interpretation Mm -hmm. of this is wrong and just very slowly gaslighting. So the idea behind that movie gaslight, they would turn, you know, the man of the house was turning down the lights Mm -hmm. and saying, no, the lights are the same way they've always been. And they get you to think the sky is green. It's not blue anymore in the world is upside down and you're of no value. And, and unfortunately that's what happens, uh, when this stuff comes along, when with these wicked people do things and change things and, and they believe it, it, they're almost acting like it's something new, like they have a better, uh, handle on things than everybody else. Like, yeah. you know, but to do that, they have to change your entire foundational belief system. But, uh, so don't let them do that. Stick with God. Listen, folks, we are so honored to be able to come across your broadcast airways today and talk with you and we'd love to help you out remember what we said contact me doug at wounded spirits.com if we can set up a zoom meeting to tell you a lot about our ministry we want to talk to you about the retreat we want to get you involved and uh, so make sure you send me an email on that if there's anything we can do to help you find us out there on helpful wounded spirits we're so glad to have stephanie back with us this week and uh, we'll be right back tomorrow so make sure you continue on with us with the book of proverbs we sure do love you folks May God bless you.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.